Get ready for a transformation. But in this kingdom, we start growing. We are replacing those carnal thoughts with the word of God. Our minds are renewed to the word of God. At that time, glory, glory, glory. So when we are speaking, we are speaking from knowledge. Or you wake up and say, Hey, Bunga Fish Angari, glory to God. I took it in the dream. I will never take it in life. In the name of Jesus. Say, I'll never be poor. Ah! Jesus Christ. Pay attention to everything I'm going to show you. Another life-changing moment with Apostle Peters. I want to talk to you about things to expect while fasting. Things to expect while fasting. Psalm 109. Do you know things to expect while fasting is in the Bible? Yeah, the Bible mentioned it. Psalm 109. And I'm reading from the 24th verse. It says, My knees are weak through fasting, and my flesh faileth of fatness. I became also a reproach unto them. When they looked upon me, they shake their heads. Did you see that? Okay. So you should expect these things while fasting. It says, My knees are weak. Expect your body or knees to be weak. Some people don't like that. And that's where they stop the fast. They said, we are going seven days. Day two, they get fed up. They said, ah, I can't handle it. My body cannot handle it anymore. I can't continue. My body is weak. Are you sure I should still continue? You want me to die? No. The Bible talks about it. The Bible says you experience it. Because it's a time that you're disciplining your body. You understand? You put your body, your flesh under discipline. And the flesh doesn't like that. So the flesh is going to try to argue with you. Okay? It's going to try to tell you, no, 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 I don't, I'm not going in that direction. But that's the purpose of fasting. So you should expect that you're weak. Your knees are weak. Especially when you're doing marathon. Okay? Uh, most of the time, not even most of the time, usually where you have problems when you're doing marathon is at the night. The night time. Middle of the night. You see? <laughs> you, want to wait, you want to pray. And then while you're on that bed, you're just weak. And then you want to stand up from the bed. As you stand up, it's like a little bit of dizziness. So, oh God. You see? Why? Because it's marathon. So as you get up, that period of time is like your body is weak. But you've got to pray. Because fasting without praying is useless. You've got to pray. Your hands, they become like they are heavy. You just want to be in bed. But you can't just be in bed because you have to pray. Glory to God. That's the essence of fasting. That's the importance of fasting. To pray. Okay, so expect your body or needs to be weak. Expect, number two, expect to be lean. Expect to be lean. Somebody else will tell you that's what I don't like about it. It will change my figure eight. It will change my beautiful stature. Uh, my cheeks will not go inside. My Of course. Expect to be lean. The Bible talks about it. That's what we just read. The 24th verse again. My knees are weak through fasting and my flesh filled of fatness. That's leanness. Okay, so that's in the scripture. Expect to be lean. If you're fasting and you are not lean, you are not fasting. That's the fact. There should be a little difference in your weight, if not totally. I understand grace. You see, you could have special grace in fasting, most especially when God calls for that fast. When God tells you to fast, you there will be grace all through if you tune your spirit. But that's not like you not leaning at all. You should be lean. You expect that. Why? Because you're not feeding your body. But why you're getting lean on the outside, you're getting fat on the inside. Woo! Glory to God. Why? Because you're not feeding your body, but you're feeding your spirit. With what? With the word of God and prayer. Oh, beautiful. It's so beautiful to fast. Beautiful things about fasting. Then, you may not look as nice, good, or beautiful, shining, like when you were not fasting. Expect that during the fast, you know, some people, their lips become so dry and peeling. For some, their skin becomes dry. They, 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 they are not shining like they should be. They tried as much as they can. They pancake, 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 but it's 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 still showing. 
All right, expect that. It's just for a while. After you'll be done with the fasting, and then the real shining will come out. Because you see, fasting, especially marathon fasting, does some things to your body. It has benefits. Scientifically, it has been proven. It has benefits. There are some diseases that will just die while you're fasting. There are some growths that will just die while fasting. I'm not talking about the spiritual aspect of it now. I'm talking about naturally fasting purifies your system. Fasting purifies your body. Okay? So medically, that's been proven. Purifies your body. If you fast often, you know, your skin, it will reflect on your skin after the fasting. Okay, not usually during the fasting. Because during the fasting, you may not... Uh, look at it. It's right there in the book too. Look at it. Verse 25. I became also a reproach unto them. When they looked upon me, they shake their heads. This somebody may just look at you and say, Ah, what has happened to you? Ah, what's the matter? What happened? So we're having a program in our church. Oh, okay. Uh, it's because you're fasting. That's necessary. That's why it's called sacrifice. You know, these are months of sacrifice. That's what the Lord told us ahead. So it's sacrifice when you're fasting. You sacrifice your food, your pleasure, just to be unto God. You turn away from those unto God. Alright, now let's look at the proper way to fast because there's a proper way to fast. Not every fast is the same. Matthew chapter number 6. Matthew chapter number 6 from the 16th verse. Jesus is talking. He said, Moreover, when you fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you that they have their reward. Hello? Jesus said, don't show everybody that you're fasting. Okay? You squeeze your face, squeeze your nose, and then you look down. Okay, so that everybody would know that you're actually fasting. It's not supposed to be so at all. Okay? Jesus said, don't do that. Let's look at the next verse. But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thine head, and wash your face. Some people, when they are fasting, they don't take their bath. Excuse. They give it as an excuse. Say, can't you see I'm fasting? No. Take your bath. On time. Okay, look good. He said, when you're fasting, they don't associate with the things of the world, so they don't use lipstick. They say it's from the devil. They don't use um, body spray. They say that's demonic. You're, you're not supposed to associate with the things of this world. Why? Because you're fasting. Woo! Those things are outward showmanship, like you could call it. Outward show. God doesn't care about those things. God is more interested in your heart. He says, man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. Your heart. In fact, you, you shouldn't even, except for the fact that you're getting lean and they're wondering. Some of them may think you're trying to shed weight. It's true, especially if you're too fat. Or you are fat. Okay. <laughs> they shouldn't know. You shouldn't, you shouldn't, how for you? You should look good. That's the period you bring out your clothes. The nice ones. Bring them out. And look good. And square your shoulders. And walk like a king. Okay? Alright, don't let people know. And don't let them know because they come close to you. Do you understand? You know what I mean? They come close to you. You're talking. The odor is coming out. You know, they say because I'm fasting. You know when you're fasting, your mouth smells. You can get a mint. Excuse me? You can get mint. Say, you mean we should be licking mint when we are fasting? Fasting as sports. No! <laughs> Those are religious thinking. Get mint. Get um, what, what's the other one called? Tom uh, Tom. Mentors. Tom Tom. Whatever. Get it. I put it at the corner of your cheek. If you know you are going to be attending to people all the time. If you work in the customer service, you you don't want to attend to people like that. And they sit in front of you, and all the time they are doing like this. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. Don't act like that. That's hypocritical. Okay. All right. The 18th verse. 17 into 18. But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thy head and wash thy face, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy father, which is in secret. And thy father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. Say hallelujah. So you see, your fasting is for your father that is in secret. 
Okay, the fasting is not for you to show to someone else that you're fasting. We are fasting in our church today. So, you know, we are fasting in our church this week, uh, this month. And so, uh, you know, you know, no, 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 stop that. And then don't tell them to reserve your food because you are the only one fasting in your house. Say, reserve my breakfast, my lunch. Just be, put them in the kitchen. When I break, I'll eat everything. That's wrong. That's not fasting. That's food delaying. So don't do that. Hallelujah. Yeah, that's the proper way to fast. I just explained according to Jesus. Then the wrong way to fast, Isaiah chapter number 58. Isaiah 58. Okay, so I'll read first from the King James. And I'll go next to the Amplified. From the third verse. He says, Wherefore have we fasted, say they, and thou seest not? Wherefore have we afflicted our soul? And thou takest no knowledge. Behold, in the day of your fast, you find pleasure and exert all your labors. Hello? Are you following that up? Behold, you fast for strife and debate and to smite with the feast of wickedness. You shall not fast as ye do this day to make your voice to be heard on high. Is this such a fast that I have chosen a day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head as a bulrush and to spread side clothes and ashes under him? Would thou call this a fast and an acceptable day to the Lord? Is not this the fast that I have chosen? To lose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed go free, and, they, and that ye break every yoke? Is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry, and that thou bring the poor that are cast out to thy house? When thou seest the naked, that thou cover him, and that thou hide not thyself from thy own flesh. There is a... I don't want to go into that one. That one is big. Alright, I want to read this from the Amplified. Because you know the King James may hide and hide and hide, and you may not get it. And you just be saying, oh God, what is all this? Amplified opens it up. Okay, the Amplified. It says, just listen, if you don't have one. Why have we fasted the same? And you do not see it. Why have we afflicted ourselves and you take no knowledge of it? Behold, O Israel, on the day of your fast, God is talking, on the day of your fast, when you should be grieving for your sins, you'll find profit in your business. Now, the Amplified, the King James says, pleasure. Alright? Now, the time of fasting is not the time of pleasure. God doesn't say his students should not have pleasure, and you should understand what I mean by pleasure, or what he means by pleasure. Okay, for instance, you could have pleasure just sitting outside your house watching beautiful sights. It's not even wrong to watch sports. Okay, as long as that is not in your street. I'm not talking about donate fasting. I'm talking about pleasure generally. What God sees as pleasure. God made that garden, the Bible says, and put everything in that garden that is beautiful for the sight. Garden of Eden. Why would God do that? Because God wants us to see good things around us. And I often tell people, that's why you must be neat and keep your house neat. Keep your house neat. How do you know? Look at God's mindset in the scriptures when he made Adam. He put beautiful things there. Don't hesitate to have beautiful things in your house. Don't leave it for the sinners. The whole world is my glory to God. That the seed of Abraham, the whole world belongs to you. So it's not a sin for you to have beautiful things because God showed us how it should be. Now, that garden was very beautiful. God made it so. And the Bible says that everything pleasant to the sight was put in that garden for the man's pleasure. So there are times he sits down and he relaxes and he sees beautiful things around. Okay, for pleasure. So you could have pleasure. You could have the pleasure of going out. It's not wrong for you to go to the beach, excuse me, with your family members. It's not wrong. As long as that's not what you do every weekend. Okay, once in a while you can, you know, relax yourself, sit in front of TV and don't watch junk. Just watch something that will make you relax, that will relax you. All those things are not wrong. Okay, but God says during your fast, you should not be given to pleasure because it's part, of, it's part of fasting. You should withdraw from such things. It's a period of discipline. You see, you withdraw. And did I tell you that there are different kinds of fast? There are some fasting that you do at that time. You are not uh, 
You, you are not even carrying your phone calls. Not even talk. The phone is on silence. Nobody else. Okay? You're not talking to anybody. You're just by yourself. Because you want to deal with some things. Alright? When I fast that kind of fast, the only call that I make are calls that are related to church. Anything outside that, no. Alright? Then, there are some fasts that you are still picking calls, you're still going about normal activities, but you're fasting. And you're conscious of it. And you're praying. Your spirit is alive. Now, those normal activities don't include the wrong music that you used to watch. Or the junks that you used to watch. You shouldn't watch such. Even if you're not fasting, you're not supposed to be involved in such. Okay, so when you're fasting, you caution yourself. You don't say, after all, we break the fast. So you now go, sit in front of TV. Wrong music is coming up and you're playing it. I thought you guys are fasting. You have broken. We broke by 16, 7 o'clock. No, you don't do that. Okay, all through your fasting, though you are breaking the fast, you should still maintain the spiritual attitude all through the fasting. Whatever is going to come up on your TV while you're there should be something that will not dent if you choose to watch. should be something that will not stay. should be something that will edify. Okay, let me read from verse 4 now. Amplify. The facts are that you fast only for strife and debate and to smite with the feast of wickedness. Fasting as you do today will not cause your voice to be heard on high. You remember in the third verse, it says you go about your business defrauding people. There are those who are fasting and they are still cheating people in business. What kind of fast is that? They say, oh God, this thing that I'm telling you, warranty, one year. They know the thing is not right, but they are fasting. Because you don't do that kind of thing. He says, it will not cause your voice to be heard or not. God detests such. Okay, you don't do that kind of fasting. You don't do that kind of fasting and you are extending wickedness. You see, the child of your neighbor falls because that neighbor offended you before. It falls into the gutter. I say, ah, that's very good. You know, you don't, all those kind of life. No. There's a time to be sober, to be remorseful, not as in wearing long face. That's not what I mean. But to be sober in your spirit, to withdraw yourself in, to reveal your life, to pray, to set your focus, and so on and so forth. That's the time of fasting. But, he says, if you do all this, there's something else I want to show you. In the 8th verse, he says, if you do all this, if you follow this kind of fasting, you walk in love during your fast period, and you follow all this, he says, then shall your life break forth. Like the morning and your healing, your restoration and power of a new life shall spring forth speedily. Your righteousness, that's your rightness, your justice, and your right relationship with God, shall go before you, conducting you to peace and prosperity. That's me, I'll receive it in the name of Jesus. And the glory of the Lord shall be your red guard. You know, he says, verse 9, Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry, and he will say, Here I am. Oh! Isn't it beautiful? That's why some people have thought that your fasting is what makes God hear you. No, that's not, that's not what makes God hear you. That's what positions your heart to connect. He positions your spirit to hear, to receive from God. In other words, to hear from God. It raises your spiritual antenna to be able to pick signals. Your body is under discipline. It's under subjection. Your soul is under subjection, but your spirit is up with antenna raised. So that period of fasting, when God is giving an instruction, you are able to pick that instruction quickly because your spirit is alive. So God stopped. It's not as if God has not been talking before. He's been talking. He talks all the time. But you're not just speaking it. Why? Because you're so busy in your mind. Your spirit is busy. But during the time of fast, you can pick easily. Boy. He says your life will break forth. Hallelujah. Okay, so I just showed you the wrong way to fast. All right, now, the reason we fast, the reasons we fast, the reasons we fast. I want to say this. Under the Old Testament, they fasted for different reasons. Uh, they fasted to humble their souls before God. They fasted to chasten their soul before God. They fasted as an act of repentance. In other words, if they wanted to repent, they went into fasting. They began to fast. <laughs> Several of them like that. And then they would put ashes on their head and sit and wear sad clothes and so on and so forth. And then, you know, they just 
just to repent. Lord, we are sorry. That was what happened in the day of Esther. Uh, when the people went to cry, they repented of their sins. Okay, and so on and so forth. Uh, glory to God. Okay, that, that was their kind of fasting. That was what they did. All right. They fasted for deliverance from the oppressor. That's another kind of fasting. That's another reason they fasted. Okay? Alright. They fasted to worship God. This was how they did it under the Old Testament. It's not the same thing with us. You know, I could come up now and read this and say, when you fast, it's time to repent. Then you start thinking, all those sins. Oh Lord, I repent now. Because you think that when you fast like this, uh, God will hear you quickly because he sees that you are now, uh, you know, all of that. No, 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 no. That's not with us under the New Testament. You have to understand the different dispensations. So I'm going to tell you the fasting under the New Testament, how we do it. The reason we fast. The reasons we fast. Number one, according to the Bible, not from my head, we fast to minister to the Lord. Acts chapter number 13. We fast to minister to the Lord. What does it mean to minister to the Lord? Oh, okay. Let's look at Acts chapter number 13. You see how they did it so you can pick your clue from there. Acts 13, we will read from the first verse. It says, Now they were in the church that was at Antioch, certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon that was called Niger or Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene, a Menean, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, the Tetrarch and Saul, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. The Holy Spirit speaks. That's why usually when you're fasting and you're ministering to the Lord, God speaks. Now listen, I hear the Lord speak to me often. But not like when I'm fasting. It's as though he bombards me with a lot. Visions, revelations, dreams, you know. During the fast period. Okay? That's because the spiritual antenna is more raised. Alright, so. He says, as the minister to the Lord, the Holy Ghost said something. While they were ministering. He says, separate Saul and Barnabas for the work that I've sent them to do. The Bible says in the third verse, and when they had fasted and prayed, they laid their hands on them, they sent them away. I will talk about that shortly. But when you minister, when you fast, you can fast to minister to the Lord. You can choose not to eat in the morning till afternoon because you just want to be alone with God, just ministering. How do you minister to the Lord? Worship, praises, talking to Him, exalting His name. You're ministering to Him. That way. You're just talking to the Lord, you know, not telling him to do something for you. No. You're just praising his name, extolling him, exalting his name. Say, I'm not eating in the morning today. I just want to minister to the Lord. All by yourself. Some people think when we say you should pray, all prayer means you're asking for something. No. All speaking in tongues is not asking for something. At times you're just, why are you praying with tongues? I'm just fellowshipping with my father. You see, so it's not hard. So you use that period to minister to the Lord. You fast to minister to the Lord. Oh Lord, I just love you. And then a little bit, you, you stay, you study the word. What are you doing? You're not asking for anything. You just want to minister to the Lord. You study the word, you listen to message, and then you continue again. Depending on what time you set for yourself, between this time and this time, I'll break the fast. That's fasting to minister to the Lord. That's how we do it under the New Testament. Okay, you have to understand the dispensations. Alright, I know it has been wrongly, wrongly uh, put by many of us. Because you see, human beings love to do something. They always love to work to get something. So they think that when you fast, it's like you're working to get God to do something. But that's wrong. That's wrong. That's not why. Under the New Testament, everything we do towards God and towards men is based on love. Based on love. It has nothing to do with selfishness. It's love. When we say you tight, why are you tightening? The primary reason for tightening is because you love God. And so you are giving towards its work. You love him, you are obeying his word. Jesus said, if you love me, you keep my words. 
you keep my commandment. So you love him, so you are obeying, you're keeping his commandment. He says to tithe. So that's why the primary reason. Then God says, when you do this, I'll bless you. But first, it's founded on love. And that's why some people have said, when they're preaching, they say, um, the reason we tithe is because of love, not a law. Yes, it is not the law. It's not the law. It's because we love him and we want to keep his word. Okay, everything you do is based on love. You're working in the house of God is because you love God. And so on and so forth. So the same thing with fasting. The reason you're praying to God and fellowshipping with him is first based on love. Alright. So this is how we do it under the New Testament. Number two, we fast to lay hands on ministers to send them forth. Acts chapter number 14 verse 23. Just the next chapter. Okay. See how they did it. And when they had ordained them ministers, or ordained them elders in every church, and had prayed with fasting, so they had prayed with fasting. They commanded them to the Lord, commended them to the Lord, on whom they believed. Okay? So, uh, we want to lay hands on some people. They are, beginning to, they are going to assume some roles or position, offices in our midst. So, the minister, or all of us together, will fast. And say, come fasting too. Then we pray on them, we lay hands on them. Why? It's important that you understand that fasting usually, majorly, basically, and primarily is to subject your flesh. And the reason why many people are not growing spiritually is because their flesh has not been subjected. When we talk about a man that is spiritual, we are talking about a man that has learned to master his senses, his flesh and senses, at least to a higher level. So when we say somebody is spiritual, somebody is, has grown spiritually, we are talking about somebody who has learned to master his flesh and his senses to a higher degree. So we are not talking about somebody that dropped from heaven or somebody that God gave special grace and grew up spiritually. No, no, no. So they ask, how do we do it? How do we grow up spiritually? We say, oh, two major things, the word and prayer. Because those things, they subject your flesh. And they feed your spirits. Okay. So that's what fasting will do for you. So when we want to lay hands or want to minister, people who are fleshy, we ask them, you better fast. Let us fast. Why? So that our flesh can come down, can be dominated. Our spirit will have its dominion at that time. And then, God will be able to move. The anointing will be able to move freely. Those who fast often, they have the anointing move through their bodies. Freely. Those who uh, who have mastered their senses, they have the anointing move through them freely. You see that? Is somebody who has not that is struggling. I'm talking about a minister of God now. Okay. Glory to God. Alright. Now, number three, why we fast, why we, the reasons we fast under the New Testament is to minister to God's people. To minister to God's people. Like we want to minister, ah, do you want to be filled with the Spirit? Okay. Alright. Come on. So and so did. If you know you were not ready today. And then you lay hands on that one. Or you tell the person to fast to help that one. To help that lady to help them okay so you lay hands okay to minister to god's people now to minister to god's people fasting that does not mean you fast to minister healing okay except the spirit of god gives you the instruction you don't have to fast to minister healing to someone the bible says healing is children's bread mm. then finally the reasons we fast to keep the flesh under i've mentioned that before romans chapter number eight reading from the fifth verse romans chapter number eight I want to read from from the fifth verse. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. Have you found that? For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. To be carnally minded means to be sensuous. To be worldly. 
Okay, a Christian can be carnal, and there are carnal Christians. Don't forget that. Those who are not born again are carnal. But a Christian also can be carnal. So when we talk about carnal people, first, those who are not born again, those are carnal, they are worldly. They don't think like you think. They don't think that when you get money, you give it in church, you give money in church. They don't think so. The, 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 the lady is thinking, is thinking of the next party. He's thinking of what she would do. She's thinking of, you know, that's the way they think. And then we have children of God that think like that too. These are carnal people. They are worldly. They are more worldly than they are spiritual. In fact, the Bible says to be carnally minded is death. It leads in death. And the Bible says the carnal mind is enmity against God. Because it cannot be subject to the Lord of God. You see, when you're always thinking of um, so-and-so artist, so-and-so footballer, so-and-so, you're, you're, you're being worldly. That's being worldly. So-and-so actor, you know, you set your mind on that and you meditate on that. In your spirit, you are worldly. And the Bible says that's carnality and it leads in death. We don't do that. He has shown us in his word. He says, set your mind on things above. <laughs> Ooh. Okay, so how do you put that flesh under when you know that to be carnally minded least in death? What do you do? You have to put it under by fasting, like what we are doing now. You see, how do ministers help themselves or Christians who are hot? How do they help themselves and they are not married? How do they help themselves? They are smart enough to fast. They fast from time to time. Because that's what can put the body under. As they are fasting, they are imbibing the word of God. Because you, it's important. You, you don't just fast. Anybody can fast. There are those that fast outside. They are, they are not in church. There are those that fast just because they want to clean up. Some fast just because they want to lose weight. And so on and so forth. Some are... <laughs> doctors recommended to them to fast because they want to deal with some disease in their body. So they fast to kill that thing. So they, they, they people fast. But I'm talking about us. From time to time, you fast with the word. You load yourself with the word. You keep putting the word of God inside. There are Christians that don't have time of fasting until it is declared generally. At least once a week or once in two weeks, pick one day and fast. Why? You just want to be alone with the Lord. You deal with your flesh that way. In that period, you're listening to the word of God. Bombarding your spirit, loading yourself up with the word. When situations happen, the way you react will be the word way. But if you don't have it inside, you cannot give what you don't have. When situations happen, the first response will be fear. Ah! Why? Because suddenly something will flash. What you read in Opera Mini. How that car came out from one place and smashed the other person's leg. So, such a situation you are faced with now. Ah! Ah! That's the first thing. But when you are loaded with the word of God, the first thing you remember is greater is he that is in me. Because that's what you've been meditating on. So you just like, I am not in that position. No, 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 no. You don't fear. The one on the inside is greater. Glory to God. Than the one that is in the world. I do not die like chicken. I do not die like candle. In the mighty name of Jesus. Why? Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That's in the Bible. Okay, now. I just told you the reasons we fast. Now, listen. Let's rush this through, too. We are almost there. Wrong reasons for fasting. Wrong reasons for fasting. We don't fast to be holy. There are some people that they advise the others fast so that you can be holy. You know you are not holy enough. Yes, go on. The guy says, I don't know how to be holy. <laughs> I don't know how to be holy. He says, I just know that I'm not holy. So, man of God, what do I do? Um, you begin a series of fasts. You fast three days, you get holy, you become holy. The Lord will clean you up as you fast. You'll be cleaned up. you become holy again. No, sir! What makes you holy? Romans chapter number 10, reading from verse 9 into 10. 
For if thou shalt confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in your heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. That's how you become holy. In other words, if you were not holy, if you came to the pastor and said, you are not holy. And the pastor said, are you born again? He said, yes, I'm born again. The pastor ought to say, you don't feel holy, right? Say, I don't feel holy. No, don't follow your feelings. Follow what the word of God says. And I'm going to show you shortly. Can we go? Let me show that to you. Let me show that. Where do I start from? First Peter chapter number two. Ho 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 ho. I'm so glad I found out my way out of ignorance. You know, I was once in the church. I've been to several churches before. Finally, I got to one, and the Lord helped me and developed me there. But I remember that I was once in a church, a particular church. It was difficult for me to serve God. I, I really loved to, honestly. I loved to, to grow spiritually. I really wanted to grow spiritually. But the conditions were too hard. Yeah, too hard, so I couldn't go on. So I had to say, I can't keep myself. Let us go to hell if we have to. <laughs> it's true. It was so hard. I mean, there's a kind of trousers. I was a young man. I was a young. I mean, I was a young. Just in the secondary school. And they will tell you, you don't wear jeans trousers. Yeah, Jesus. So what is left? What am I going to be wearing? You know, they do. <laughs> and there was a time that we had this, um, what do they call it? The one, the trouser, the one that is white at the down there. Don't mention, don't mention it. That's it. Okay, we used to wear it. Because it was its period. And my goodness, I had those clothes. And they say you can't wear it. Ah. So where do I get clothes to wear? The conditions were getting too hard. Too tough. I had to give up. I said, ah. If the Lord loves me and he wants me to go there, no problem. <laughs> because they made it difficult. Why? Because they are taking us back into the Old Testament. Let me show this to you. Did I ask you to turn to First Peter? First Peter chapter number two. Okay, now. I want to read from the ninth verse. Now, if you study this same portion under the Old Testament, God gave them instructions and said, if you will obey me. You will be my special people. Holy people. Peculiar people. God said that to them. Then now, under the New Testament, God came here. Hear what he said. Verse 9. But ye shall be. Is that what is there? No, not anymore. He said, but ye are, present tense, a chosen generation. A royal priesthood. You know what that means? A royal priesthood means a kingly priesthood. It means that I belong in the lineage of a king. So I'm royalty. That's what it means. It means I'm a king. You understand? Did you read it in the book of Revelation chapter number one? Ye are kings. He has made us kings and we shall reign. Oh boy. Glory to God on earth. Look at this. It says, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation. Excuse me, is that in your Bible? Ye are holy nation under the old testament he told them he said you shall be if you keep my commandments but thank god jesus came when jesus came and paid for us we are not no longer trying to be we have become you get it that's the reason you know what made you become i'll tell you because the day you were born again the Holy, say Holy, Spirit came and dwelt inside of you. And the moment the Holy Spirit started dwelling in you, you became holy. Otherwise, it's a contradiction to have the Holy Spirit in your body, and yet you are not holy. And you think the Spirit of God will dwell in a temple, and that temple will not be made holy? After all, the Bible says that there is a mountain called Mount Sinai. And that mountain suddenly became, they started calling it Holy Mountain. Why? How? The mountain did anything to become holy? No. 
the Bible shows us that God came down on that mountain. And when he came down on that mountain, from that day forward, he started calling that mountain holy mountain. So what makes something or a man holy is the presence of God. Because God is holy. So when God's presence comes on anything, that thing becomes holy. How come they said in the synagogue, they said the altar of God is holy, holy altar. What made it holy? Because God has stepped on it. That's what they believed. One of the Old Testament, when they had the tabernacle, you remember? The inner tabernacle, the innermost one. They called that um, hack of God holy. Why? Because when the high priest went inside, God stepped into that place. And those outside, they could see the glory of God. Ah, God is in there. And so they said that place is holy. Because God had come on it. Much more you that God lives on the inside of you. Oh, hallelujah! Woo! <laughs> Alright, let me read this. After all, you're seeing this one in the Bible, so <laughs> it's not, it's not, I'm not forgetting. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation. Say I'm holy. A peculiar people. That you should show forth the praises of him who had called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Yay! Woo! My life is a marvel. <sighs> Do you know that there are people that still argue with this verse? But here are a chosen generation, they say yes. Somebody rejoice with me. We are a chosen generation. A royal priesthood, they say yes. An holy nation, they say no. In the same the same scripture. I feel sorry for them. Alright, let me show you something else. Hebrews chapter number 3, verse 1. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1. Oh, I'm trying to let you know that you don't fast so that you can become holy. You are already that. You've been made holy. Don't fast to have what you have. Don't fast to be what you are. That's the wrong way of fasting. Verse, verse 1. Wherefore, Wherefore what? Holy brethren. How, how, can, how can Paul, I believe Paul wrote this book, how can Paul call them holy brethren? And we, we are not holy brethren. What do you think? Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, confession that is Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him and blah, blah, blah. Holy brethren. Paul thinks Christians are holy brethren. And that's the spirit of God talking. Boy, I'm holy. If you're not, I don't know, but for me. Oh, sorry. I am. You can't change that. First Thessalonians. I'm giving you abundant uh, evidence. First Thessalonians chapter number 5. First Thessalonians chapter number 5. Verse 27. I charge you by the Lord... That this epistle be read unto all the holy brethren. Now he's sending this and he says, make sure you read this letter to all the holy brethren. Now he's not saying, make sure you read all these letters and call all the how many of you are holy? All of you, you are holy, come this way. Those of you that are not holy, it's not for you. That's not what he says. He says you should read it to all of them, and then he qualified them. He says, Holy brethren. Are you still here? Let me show you more. First Corinthians chapter number 3 verse 17. <laughs> this one is quite popular, but uh, it, it will make sense to you. This will help you more. First Corinthians chapter number, third, number 3. Beg your pardon. First Corinthians 3. Reading from the 17th verse. If, <clears throat> 16th verse. Know ye not that ye are hey, Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Know you know that ye are the temple of God? And that the Spirit of God dwells in you. The temple of God under the Old Testament. They didn't enter. They dared not. Only the high priest will enter. The rest of them will be outside. If they ask them, why are you not going in? They say, that place is holy. We can't go in. Only the high priest. And before the high priest went in, he had to slaughter an animal for himself, for his sins. The sins he had committed that he knew of and the ones he was not sure of. Before he went in, 
Why? It was going to a holy temple inside. Old Testament. But now, under the New Testament, he says, you, oh God. No wonder the Bible says we have a better covenant founded upon better promises. Now he says, you are the temple of God. I will never fade in my life. In the name of Jesus. I will never be found on the sick bed. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I will never be poor in my life. In the name of Jesus. Because you know what that means. You are the temple of God. Everywhere you went, you carry God. Everywhere you carry God on the inside. How could you then be afraid of an accident? So you are inside the bus. An accident. Please, oh, don't let, driver, don't kill us. Why are you growing like this? Take it easy. You, the temple of God. Everybody in case the Christians that died like that is because of what they believed. You can't go beyond your belief in your life. Your life is a reflection of the revelation of God that you have. He says, Holy brethren. He comes and he says, Your body is the temple. How, how else do you want God to explain this thing? Different ways is pointing to the same thing. We are still reading it. Verse 17. If any man defy the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy. Which temple ye are? Hello. Did you find that one? Okay. Now, let me read something that somebody may want to read to fight what I just said. First Peter chapter number one. From the 15th verse. You know, when you know these things, it will give you confidence. Serving God will be sweet. You will not be struggling to serve God and to love Him. You will not be you will be free in your life. Instead of struggling and you're not sure anymore. I told you how I struggled. I couldn't grow spiritually because after all, I was even struggling with the first phase. First stage of it, I was struggling. But when you have confidence, it will push you more. You'll be motivated more to want to grow more. But when you're already told you are wanted, you just feel like, oh, I'm not entering you, you leave me alone. You see? Look at this. First Peter chapter number 1. Read it from the 15th verse. <laughs> I will read from the 14th. Beautiful. 14th verse. As obedient children... I don't want to talk about that. Not fashioning yourselves according to the former loss in your ignorance. Now I want you to begin to pay attention to this instruction. Not fashioning yourself according to the former loss in your ignorance. But as he which I called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Now this, this, you know, this could be brought out and say, oh, you are saying everybody is holy, but the Bible is saying you should be holy. Listen. The answer is in what I just read. It is there. Let me read it again. If you didn't see it the first time, maybe you see it now. Verse 15 again. But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy. Did he stop there? No. So be ye holy. Full stop. That's not what he says. He tells you in all manner of conversation. The King James says in all manner of conversation, but actually what he's saying, if you read from another translation, he's talking about in your way of life. Conversation there, the Greek word, better rendering, way of life. If you read from another translation, you get this there. King James used conversation. He says, conduct, thank you. That's from another version. He says, be holy in your conduct. What does that tell you? Like, it's like them telling you, you are born again, but live the life of a born again. Do you get it? You are human. Live like human beings. The same thing. So when he says, have you never seen dogs that are trying to live human? But they are dogs. Somebody could caution the dog and say, you are the dog. Live like a dog. The same way, you know what this means? You are holy. Live a holy life. There are two different things. There are those, you have, we have all been made holy. Why? The Holy Spirit dwells on the inside. But yes, this guy with the Holy Ghost on the inside, you see, finding in that Brussels going to visit the prostitutes, that's not a holy life. He carries the Holy Spirit and he still goes in there. 
So that's what he's talking about. He says, in your conduct, in your way of life, in your manner of life, be that way. But that you are not holy is a lie. You're already holy. Why? If you're born again and Christ dwells on the inside, you are holy. Are you still out there? <laughs> ah, verse 16, because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. All right, now. Uh, I think I should stop here with the holy, holy, holy thing. I think that's enough evidence. I could have gone ahead, go on, and, but I want to stop there because I want to round off now. Is that number one that I just gave you? Ah, just number one. That's serious. Okay, number two, wrong reasons for fasting. Number two, you don't fast to ask for forgiveness. Don't fast to ask for forgiveness. You have sinned. Go and fast. Fast and ask God for forgiveness. Okay, that's the wrong way. You don't fast to ask for forgiveness. You don't fast to say, Lord, forgive me. You can see I'm fasting. No. You are fasting for what God has given to you already. Stop doing it. You're wasting your time. Forgiveness has been made available. Who made it available? You? No, not you. Jesus made it available for us. Forgiveness is, is a free gift. What, what are you going to do when you need forgiveness? First John chapter number one. Quickly now. I'm going to give you just one scripture there. First John chapter number one. Uh, reading from the seventh verse. He said, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ is son. Cleanse us from all sin. <laughs> if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousnesses. What is he asking you to do? Just confess the sin. That's what he's asking you to do. Okay, don't go ahead fasting. It's not useful. Your fasting is not going to make him forgive you. Jesus has made forgiveness available. Forgiveness available. Forgiveness is available in Jesus. All you need to do is to obtain it and move on. Now, when you ask for forgiveness, it doesn't matter how you feel at the moment. Whether you feel like it or you don't feel like it, I ask God for forgiveness. Has He forgiven me? It has nothing to do with what you feel, it's what the Word of God says. Okay? Now, you may ask for forgiveness and you are still troubled in your conscience. The Bible says God is greater than our conscience. And the devil may come every once in a while say you think he has forgiven you. That's why that plate fell down broke. It shows that God has not yet forgiven you. Say, shut up, devil! The name of Jesus. I believe the word of God. I'm not a doubter. When I asked him for it, he hurt me. And when you come back to ask God for, for the same thing again, say forgiveness again, he doesn't know what you are talking about. Why? The Bible says, God clearly says, their sins will I remember no more. When you ask God for forgiveness, he doesn't remember it again. He does not only forgive you, he forgets you, he forgets it, and then he forgets that he has forgiven you. That's how God acts. So coming back for the same thing and say, Lord, uh, uh, please, because you are not sure. That first prayer I prayed, did you answer me? Did you really actually forgive me? Okay, let me make it better now. It's a waste of time. That's unbelief. He doesn't know what you're talking about again. Glory to God. Okay, wrong reasons for fasting. Number This will be number what now? Number three. Okay, you don't fast to get God to answer your prayer. You're not supposed to fast to get God to answer your prayer. The reason I'm fasting is so that God can answer my prayer. As God answered our prayer, no. Ah, that means we have to enter fasting so that God can answer. No, 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 no. That's unbelief. I want to show you that. Book of John chapter number 16. Book of John, chapter number 16. 16th chapter. And I want to read to you from the 23rd verse. It says, And in that day you shall ask me nothing. There's a revelation there. You shall ask me nothing. So you are not supposed to pray to Jesus, except you are worshipping him. Because it says in that day you shall ask me nothing. Very, very, I say unto you, Whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. When you fast, no Whatever you ask the Father in my name, He will give it to you. Either to. That means up to now. Have you asked nothing in my name? Ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. Glory to God. God wants our joy to be full, right? He says, Ask in my name. Woo! I like that one. <laughs> the 14th chapter. Same book. 14th chapter. Read it from the 13th verse. 
And whatsoever you shall ask, the, ask in my name, and whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. That will I do because you have fasted so long. Is that what you see there? No. So that the Father will be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I'll do it. Can you find that in your Bible? Then, in 1 John chapter number 5, it says, from the 14th verse, it says that this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. If we know that he heareth, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. It doesn't say if we ask by fasting. It says if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. It doesn't say if we ask anything that is in his will. That's not what it says. It says if we ask anything according to his will, because some people get themselves confused. What if it's not the will of God for me? That's not what he's saying. He says if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. He doesn't say if we ask anything in his will, he will do it. Uh-uh. He's not talking about the doing. He's talking about the hearing. That means whatever you ask must be something that he is able to hear or something he can hear. And nothing makes God hear your, your prayers than the name of Jesus. Every time you use the name of Jesus, he hears you. Every time you ask in faith, he hears you. According to his will means according to his word. What is his word for prayer? Ask in the name of Jesus and ask in faith. In the whole of the scriptures, New Testament, that's what the Bible teaches about prayer. If you're going to ask God for anything, make sure it's in faith and it's in the name of Jesus. Because anything you ask in faith and in the name of Jesus, God cannot reject it. Say hallelujah. Say, but why did I ask and it's not done? Maybe he didn't hear you. Check how you asked. Was in faith? So he didn't hear you. So you know what God does? He doesn't stress himself. If he's not according to the code, he does not even get to hear. So it's not like he will hear and say, I won't be it. This one is not in my way. No, I won't do it. You think I will do it? You're wasting it. No, he doesn't hear it. He said, what if we have something that is not in God's will for our life, in God's plan for our life? <laughs> you may get it. You may get That's where you have to be careful. God asks us to walk with his spirit so he can show you things. Because the Bible says you may get it. I don't want to go there. I would have gone back to John chapter 15 to show that to you. He's there. You may get it. But then you get it, then you get in trouble. Like, if it's not God's will for my life, how come they gave me the job? You prayed now in the name of Jesus and you had faith and the job came. He said, now I'm faced with trouble. You get, you get, God cannot break his word. He says, if you ask in faith and in the name of Jesus, he'll do it for you. But God was trying to get your attention. Son, don't ask for that one. He said, no, 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 no. Lord, no, I come into that office in the name of Jesus. I can see my chair, I can see my table. You started confessing. And then you came in. And then when you got in, trouble started. And I said, no, but you gave it to me. I asked him. Did you ask him? You didn't ask him, should I go there? Mm. That was for my tour. Class. Glory to God. How many have I given you? Three. We still have two to go. Okay, 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 okay. Uh, number four. Don't fast to receive provisions from God. <laughs> Hello? Yes, you don't fast because you want to get a job. Don't do that. Don't fast because you want to get anything provision. We want to get money. Big money is coming. Ah, we have to fast. Some people fast for contracts. The, fast, the contract must be mine. Must be mine. And pastors also have them. They enter into fasting. They call pastor. This cost for this cost. Oh, this man. But they call them different. Please join us in fasting. We are fasting three days. So, okay. That is waste of time. Don't fast for First Corinthians chapter number three. Turn to First Corinthians chapter number three. Does it mean something is wrong with someone that's fasting because he wants to get a contract? That's not the point. If you're fasting because you want to get a contract, the fasting that you are having is for your antenna to be raised, to hear from the Spirit of God. Your fasting is not what will make you get it. It's your prayer that should bring it, right? For the low class anyway. Okay, but look at this. First Corinthians chapter number three. Is that you accept this or you deny it? Reading from the twenty-first verse. Therefore, let no man glory in men, for all things are 
Therefore, let no man glory in man. For all things are, for all things are mine. For all things are yours, he says. So, now listen, if the Bible says all things are yours, what else do you want? Jesus, the Bible says that Jesus, though he was rich for our sake, he became poor, that we, through his poverty, might be made rich. Everything you, you ever asked for has been delivered in the package. When you were born again, it was given to you. It was delivered unto you. It was given into your hands. Do you understand? We have everything. We are the seed of Abraham. And so the whole world belongs to Abraham. Alright, so you don't ask for provision. You don't fast because you want to get provision from God. You want to get God to give you something. It's a wrong way of fasting. Romans chapter number 8 also. Romans chapter number 8. From verse... Verse 16. The Spirit himself bear witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. That's us. He says we are joint heirs with Christ. And the Bible shows that everything belongs to Christ. Of course, you know that. So if we are joint heirs with Christ, then everything belongs to us. So you don't fast to get something that he has given you already. So where do we... That would be another teaching. I don't want to talk about that. Then finally... You don't fast to defeat the devil. There are those that will tell you to fast because you want to defeat the devil in your life. So you enter into um, seven days of fasting. Why? You're going to de- you want to use it to defeat the devil. Um, three days of fasting to defeat the devil. That's the wrong way to fast. You don't fast to defeat the devil. Why? Because the devil is already defeated. Now listen to this. It's like saying, go and fast to tie the dog. And the dog is already tied at someone's backyard. Then somebody is telling you to fast so you'll be able to tie that same dog. What do you think? It's a waste of time. The devil is... Luke chapter number 10. Let's hurry now. Luke chapter number 10. Reading from the 19th verse. Reading from the 19th verse. It says... From the 18th verse, anyway. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by enemies hurt you. Who said so? Jesus said so. All right now, all right now. Which one next? Mark, book of Mark. Book of Mark, chapter number 16. Book of Mark, chapter number 16. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And this sign shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. Did you see that? This sign shall follow them that fast. No, they that believe. All you need to cast out devils is to be a believer. Alright? Okay. Uh, now I'm rushing. So I can't explain more on that. Okay, but you don't fast to cast out devils. You don't fast to defeat the devil. The devil is already defeated. Okay, you don't fast to cast him out. Alright? Glory to God. Mm. Matthew chapter number 17, verse 21. Matthew chapter 17, verse 21. I'll beat. Okay, let's start from verse 20 or 19. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, Why could not we cast him out? They're talking about the devil. They wanted to cast out a particular devil. So they said, Why couldn't we cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, Number one, why couldn't they cast it out? Unbelief. If you have faith as a grain of mustard seed. Number two, if they had faith. If. If, Jesus says. If. That means they didn't have. Okay. As a grain of mustard seed. Ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove ends to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Albeit this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. Brothers and sisters, Jesus was not talking to us. He was talking to his disciples that were not born again. He was talking to the Jews. He says this kind cannot go out except by prayer and fasting. He wasn't talking to us. After Jesus died, and it was possible for men to be born again, and we gave our heart to Christ, we became born again. The Bible says now we are seated together with Christ. In the heavenly places, at the right hand of God, far above all principalities and powers. So he wasn't talking to us, he was talking to them. Because they had not been seated with Christ. 
Jesus says, all authority in heaven and earth is given unto me. Go ye therefore. He gave us the same authority. So he wasn't talking to us when he said this kind. You don't have to fast and pray to cast out any devil in your house. I told you how I sat down. And one time, in the middle of the night, I just sat on a chair in my sitting room. And I was just praying, you know, have awake, have asleep, you know. Why just... Uh, and all of a sudden, I opened my eyes and I saw a devil behind the chair opposite me. And I wasn't fasting during that period. Say, so it's because you've been fasting. No. I told you, half awake, half asleep. So what did I do? As I opened my eyes, I said, what? Get out in the name of Jesus! Before I finished. You don't have to go into fasting because you want to cast out the devil. The devil. You are seated with Christ. Do you understand? This has nothing to do with it. It is it, just an authority thing. Do you get it? Just because you just told a lie does not mean you cannot cast out devils as a Christian. Now, don't let that disturb you. That's the fact. Because that's Listen, that guy that is standing at, at, at that road, that traffic warden, because he just beat his wife at home, he just told a lie, he just told something. Does that stop him from directing those cars when they are coming? Once he's in that uniform, he tells who cares about what he has done. They care about the uniform. He's standing there and he tells, he says, "Stop!" They have to stop. No matter who is on that line, do we have to stop? Then he tells this one, "Move." They have to move. Now, if they don't, if this one says move and they don't move, or he says stop and you don't stop, you find yourself in jail. Now, you don't get to jail and say, the reason I didn't answer him is because I live beside his house and, you know, he just he just finished beating his wife and he even stole. I can't now be telling me, is it somebody like that? that could... No, you'll be in prison. They will tell you, you are saying, are you sure you don't have mental? Because what are we saying? What are you saying? You see that? So, why? What gave that bad guy Useless guy, you may call him that irresponsible guy. What gave him the right to stop these ones from coming? And if they didn't obey, because they didn't obey, they landed in jail. What gave him that right? That authority backing him up. So as a Christian, this one has nothing to do with what you do or what you don't do. This part of it is, is it has nothing to do with what you do. It, it has everything to do with what the one that put you there, what power he has, the authority. His authority is the one backing you up. So you're going to function. Listen, you yourself may end up in hell. But you have authority that has been given you. As long as you use that authority, the devil will have to fly. Not because of you, but because of that authority. He fears that authority. But you know many times, because they know you're weak. You don't understand this thing. So when you're saying, come out, say, no, you can't cast me out. You that you just told a lie. You see that? Because they know. And so you now start shaking. It's true. I just told the lie. But uh, James, will you cast him out? Have you not told the lie? You know, you have those kind of things. No! You have to start and say, I'm standing in the authority of Jesus. He has made me righteous. Come out in Jesus' name. And that thing will flee. You don't have to be negotiating with the devil. Say, no. The devil said, ah, you cannot. You remember in 1998? Now you told the lie. You cannot cast me out. You now start shaking. It's true. This devil still remember that thing. Ah, you push him. What? Not the talk of you fasting to cast them out is useless. Stand to your feet, lift your hands, and thank God for the authority that He has given you in Christ Jesus. This message was produced by Supernatural Kingdom Church. To get more of our messages, call 0806 0087 643. Or 0816 Thank you and God bless you.